This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. If you go to Comic Con, usually as a stormtrooper, get your bum squeezed twice. In front of millions of people watching on television. Knowing you've got no choice but to do it. How'd you do that? And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Hello there, world. Welcome to podcast number 23. Number 23 was bad news for Jim Carrey in that film. Uh, what was it called? Number 23, that's right. Partly because the film was a bit of a stinker. But this is no stinker. This is a doozy, which I think is meant to be a good thing. I don't know. I only know doozy from Groundhog Day when Ned Ryerson says, watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. I think it's meant to be a good thing. Uh, but then Bill Murray steps into a puddle of water. So who, who really knows? No puddle here, though. Just seven fabulous guests. No topic. No agenda. Just chats. And I sometimes think we should have themed this podcast a bit more. Made it about, I don't know, you know, behind the scenes of comedy. But there are loads of those. Or, you know, where religion and media meet. But then you've got the Signal podcast, if you want that. Or, you know, I've got another idea, actually, for a podcast that's a bit, should we say, Dickensian. But I can't really do that easily while I've got this here. Heptagon Club up and running. So while these doors remain open, my Dickensian idea would probably stay behind sealed doors but who knows we'll see the future's bright uh, you join me outside i'm on a little uh, heptagon club expedition at the minute out enjoying the lovely autumn rainy october weather it's it's one of those busy old months you just got to grab things when you can and right now it's an outside very foggy pea super of a day uh, because this month is rather busy lots going on here my new book is out this very week in fact what are they doing down there it's a little book of one-liners thoughts observations general nonsense and fab cartoons by the brilliant dave walker uh, who we should get on this podcast yes but uh, we'll get your copy now anyway pause this go and get a copy of what are they doing down there, uh, the book, and then come back, you may then proceed. Other goings on this month, uh, this week, in fact, I've been busy doing the Christian Resource Exhibition. Uh, that's tomorrow as I record this. Uh, the Church Media Conference this week as well. Been at the House of Lords as well. Fancy. Maybe more on that in future, uh, depending on how that all goes. Uh, Christmas has, of course, come early, as it always does with me. So I've started my infamous History of Christmas talks based on last year's book, Hark, The Biography of Christmas. Such fun to geek out about Santa Scrooge and Slade and Snow. And do book my Christmas talk, by all means. It's on in Guildford and Woking and Hinkley this year or it could be elsewhere if you'd like to book it so that's uh, something you could do uh, Comedians and Carols is up and running very soon as well uh, go to comediansandcarols.com new website listing all the Comedians and Carols shows this year see where we are uh, if we're coming to an area near you and come and see us in November and December plus December 7th this year in Guildford it's the only performance currently of my new play Three Wise Men hoping to launch that far bigger but I need the brains of a big shot theatre producer or indeed a small shot theatre producer if you happen to know theatre and can make that happen Come along and see the show, and if you like it, then uh, yeah, let's get that play places. Oh yes, see you on Broadway, or for now, Guildford, December the 7th. That's called Three Wise Men, you can uh, Google that for details. Back to this podcast, though, we have crammed this episode full of seven brilliant wonders of the world, including... A comedy legend who did Britain's Got Talent made the semi-finals this year. Very good indeed. He's been brilliant for years, but now more people know of him. That's the one-liner wonder, Noel James. Also someone that you could flippantly call the Star Wars vicar. There's far more to him than that, but that's Chris Rogers, founder of the Shipper Falls website, where comedy meets religion, Simon Jenkins. We've got the beatbox entrepreneur and founder of Buzzkit, the new web resource for beatbox wannabes. That's Gav Tite. Paul Bell, the musician, with his new album, First Light. Comedians Tony Vino, Nathan Ramsden-Lock. Oh, so many things. Now, I have noticed, though, these are all men. I feel shameful 
about this, but I feel I should add uh, an explanatory note. I had, uh, I had three female guests lined up and all of them had to cancel or pass or postpone or whatever uh, just because they're too dang busy. I, I didn't take it anything personal. Um, but other stuff came in. Fair play to them. They are very busy people, um, as are many. Uh, but this podcast can't afford to pay its guests, unfortunately. It can't afford to pay me, let alone anyone else. We, we do, in fact, make a, a hefty loss on this podcast. You can feel free to help if you'd like. Make that loss less by visiting heptagonclub.co.uk, clicking on donate, or we have a Patreon button on the top of heptagonclub.co.uk for a regular donation from you. You would get things in return. There are perks and wonders, a say in what we do. You can help to cover our costs because this does cost me. Lest it cost me reputation too, though, let me reassure that, uh, yes, we are all male this week simply because the female guests I could find, well, they were planned. They were too busy. They were wondrously too busy. Marvellous for them. But we couldn't do the interview just now after all. So you're stuck with the men. So sorry about that. But what men we have? Oh, well, first up, you might have seen him on BGT or on the comedy circuit for the past 20-ish years. He's an unsung hero of British comedy. Do seek him out. Book him. Doff your cap to Welsh wonder, Mr. Noel James. So I'm here on the podcast with Mr. Noel James. My, 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 Carenza. Uh, nice. I? Thanks, Paul. I've never had that particular theme. That's nice. I like that. I've had occasionally the Lion King, the poor Carenza, but not um, not the uh, ah. Marcherona. That's nice. You've been gigging for, I don't know, how long How long you've been gigging? I, I normally, I was, if you remember, last year, I was going by train everywhere and bus. Oh, yeah. And yeah. occasionally hiring a car. Yeah. But I've I've bought a car off Steve Best, the comedian. Oh, really? You, yeah, second-hand I didn't car. know that comedians exchanged cars. This is nice. Well, it, well yeah. Exchange, but, you know. you exchange <laughs> yeah, yeah. money for a car. Well, of course. And it's a really yeah. nice, even though it's 2003, yeah. it's... He's taken me to Scotland twice already and back. Has he left any and props in there? Is there any Steve Best? He's uh, left a little dolphin which I hang nice. from the uh, the rear view mirror and mm. have christened Steve. Nice. And he's left a bag of CDs, but maybe you shouldn't reveal that. Let's talk probably about want that. them back. For the best. Yeah, it's rather seedy. Is it, hey, yeah, hey, yes, that's what yeah, it's all about. That's what it's all about. And uh, you're very busy as usual, Paul. I'm, well, I'm busy enough, but I'm not gigging as much at the minute. Now, you see, you're putting the miles in. You know, I've I've been uh, I've just been lazy, just staying in Starbucks and writing jokes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but no, you 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 seem to be travelling a lot yeah, all the time, a lot, yeah. forever. You must have well. As much as I can these days, yes. I was fortunate enough to. Uh, I did the old Britain's Got Talent, yes. and it went quite well. So how? So that was May. you got to and the semi-final. Semi-final, yeah. Semi-final, and since nice. then, I have been getting a lot more offers than I was this time last year. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, and so I just. That's why I bought the car, yeah. and I just keep going now to remote places if I need to, and I'm busy till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, more Noel James in a mo on his Britain's Got Talent experience. First, though, before we hear that, let's mingle just outside here in the Heptagon Club, enjoying the autumn weather. We're, we're taking it outside this time. And uh, oh, over here, another of our seven guests. It's Chris Rogers, writer, speaker, vicar and part-time stormtrooper. He's a sci-fi fan and he's a part-time prop maker. And look, he's over there. We went to a thing called Star Wars Celebration, which was this massive celebration of Star Wars in East London where thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people turned up. And I met a group of people called the 501st Legion of Stormtroopers. And they go to places like Great Ormond Street Hospital and charity events, and they use that to raise money for charity. So their strapline is bad guys doing good. Oh, nice. And I thought they were awesome. Yes. And I turned to my wife a few years ago and said, I'd love to make myself a Stormtrooper costume. Like... The bar for them is so high mm. that you're not making a replica. You are making a armour that is so precise to the movie, it could have been used in the movie. Right. Yeah. Down to the mistakes in the armour. You replicate the mistakes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So there's, there's a yeah. popper that doesn't do anything that you have to put in your armour <laughs> right. okay. because that, that's what they hit in the movie. Yeah. 
So she agreed, and I built, and I got the I got the actual plastic molds from the guy who made the molds for the original movie, nineteen seventy six. So you've you've made this. This isn't yeah, just yeah. you going sending off to a yeah. You know. So you, I got the the kit and uh, built it so it fits around me. And then I I joined. I actually, got turned down the first time I applied. It wasn't quite right. I really so uh, they anally uh, kind of go over your yeah. kit. Uh, so I joined now a couple of years ago. Mm. And I joined because I needed something that was for me. I was, everything I do is about everybody else. That I needed something that would fill my soul. So uh, I did this. <laughs> and Stormtrooper yeah. is it. That's so amazing. I now go Stormtrooping a number of times a month to charity events. Great Arm Street is my favourite where you go and you get to go around the wards. And we go to the wards where it's children and it's terminal. Right. So you know these kids, they may not be there the next time you go. Wow. So sometimes it's really emotional. Yes. And uh, we end up, uh, we've had Lego sponsor these trips quite a few And so we take Lego in and we give Lego out mm. to the kids. And it's really powerful. And seeing how those without faith do good is really interesting. And, mm. and how sacrificial they are in the work that they're doing for charity. When I was a kid, I was in Great Ormond Street as I'm in for quite a while, I think two or three months at a time, missed a bit of school. You know, obviously I've come through it all now and that's sort of great, but we had Arsenal football team and all this. Yeah. Celebrities that often as a five-year-old, I didn't know, have a clue who they were, yeah, yeah, but yeah. really great that they would come in and give up their time and stuff. And, and totally, it, it just lifted yeah. the, the spirits of the people who were there. And the staff as well as the kids, it just brightens it. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. How was your BGT experience then? Was it everything you uh, thought it would be and more? Or was it everything you thought it would be and less? Well, it's easy to look back on it and think, oh, you know, it went this way and it went that way. But it, it Oh, was... you did phenomenally. I mean, that's, you can't argue with semis, can you, really? That is... <clears throat> it, was quite, it was quite a scary thing mm. to do, a gamble. Yep. I didn't really want to do it. A few years ago, I would have not been seen dead doing that thing because, of course they can edit it and they can yeah, humiliate okay, you and yeah. they can misunderstand you and the judges can give you a buzz uh, for a few seconds if they choose to. Mm. You know? So it was a gamble, but I think because of the Deliso Chipondo... Oh, yes, before, he was a year before you. Yeah, and he came yeah, third. He did well, And then because yeah, yeah. of David Walliams seems to sort of take comedy a bit mm-hmm. more seriously than the others and he influences the others, I yes. thought it was worth... And, and really, I did it because I was... Desperate. I mean, you were faithfully giving me gigs now and then, which is great. But a lot of people, I was struggling to get clubs to give me work. You see, the thing is, I think you've been gigging for so long. You're such part of the furniture, the comedy furniture, that mm. clearly people are not appreciating the furniture in the way they should be. They're not. You know, they're not. And you know, probably the commode in the corner. Do you think? Yeah. This, this, is, this, is it. this is it. But you know, it's it's good that you it's got you out there again and got it. Just got me out there. It's a good platform. Good it is. Platform. I think it just reminds people, so people sometimes to go. Oh yes, it's we got this that guy. I think it's it did remind people. You've always been beloved on the myself. You are because what was really nice about the semi-final was it was completely live, and therefore the whole day of rehearsing and worrying and stressing out about what's going to mm. happen, knowing that you have to go out there in front of millions of people who are watching on television, yeah, knowing you've got no choice but to do it, yep. it was like a do-or-die situation. So it gave me confidence as yeah. well just to do that. And, and I suppose there's that relief. There's no editing. They can't edit. They can't edit. They the, can't change exactly. how it goes for you. It's live, completely yeah, live. Yeah. And if you notice, they 
went over the script beforehand, they censored things, so I couldn't do certain innocuous jokes about dyslexia or colour blindness yes. because of politically correct reasons. They said if you if if I myself was diagnosed with it, then I could say it, but I'm not. So. Okay. But if you notice in the final, when Robert White got to the final, which was also live, mm -hmm. of course he's autistic, he's, I believe he's I gay, so he can do references right. about those things. Yes. But he also threw in a, an improvised song about to Simon Cowell. Mm. Simon Cowell was being awkward and wouldn't answer him when he asked him how old his yeah. age, he, how old he was. And the lyric then came, oh, Simon Cowell, he's an old timer, he's suffering from Alzheimer's. Ah, now I found that interesting, because yeah. it was live, there's no way they can stop him saying Well, that's true. Like so, that. you, arguably, you could have said whatever you wanted, of course, but they could have, I mean, if it was yeah. outrageous completely, but they could have. It was cut a you nice off, challenge. But... If you go to Comic Con, you usually, as a stormtrooper, get your bum squeezed twice. Is that right? Yeah. And they don't have armour plating around? There is, but there's still. Uh, and it's always women in their 50s. Really? I did a wedding for a guy mm. uh, only a few weeks ago. I had my bum squeezed seven times that night. You were in the Stormtrooper outfit. This is sexual yes. harassment yes. of Stormtroopers. Yeah. How do we deal with that? That's not been regulated for no. in, in the Death Star. <laughs> it's not, that's, not, that's not something you see in the film, I got is home it? and Becky said, you yeah. know, how was it? I said, seven women wow. squeezed my bum. There should be rules against these things. It's well, there okay. are. There are. There's, there's got to be okay. a law. But that's tricky to enforce, <laughs> I imagine. Because then, you, you know, by the time you've taken the helmet off and uh, then they've done a runner and you're there. You oh, could dear. just shoot them. You could do that. Yeah, yeah. you'd need... That's, that's the solution, isn't it? You know, Blasting them. Act, act, I was going to say active phasers, but that's a different thing, isn't it? <laughs> Star, Star Trek. That's yeah. Star Trek. That's close enough. It's close. So the other week I did a funeral and the chap that the funeral was for was a great guy who'd raised thousands of pounds for Great Ormond Street. He'd, he'd passed away in his 50s and his family wanted to recognise this part of him. And we went in our Stormtrooper armour, we walked down the very long driveway from the entrance of the um, graveyard all the way up to the crematorium and we uh, helped carry in the coffin. Wow and uh, gave a salute and it was it was really amazing to be in this place where yeah. it's a collision of my two worlds i'm usually in that room at the front leading it yes but that day and it was great because i got to talk to the guys who were there doing it with us about why i do what i do and there's been one occasion at one particular event where uh one of the guys who plays darth vader was telling me about just what was going on with his, his relationship with his wife and I got to put my hand on Darth Vader's shoulder and invite the Holy Spirit and say, God, would you be with him? And I, I loved that. Just so gentle and normal and okay for Darth Vader. He was very happy right. for me to do that. Ministering to Darth yeah. Vader. And, and yeah. I got invited, as we all did, to the premiere of The Last Jedi. Oh, and on the premiere of The Last Jedi, yeah. I saw him and I was able to say, how was it? And right. I got to pray with him uh, on the red carpet of The Last Jedi. And so suddenly... Yeah. Uh, and. You know, some of the guys who I say would, you know, if they heard me say this, would mm. probably go, that's not really appropriate, Chris, really. <laughs> but being normal and being friends with people who are also into Star Wars has been a real wonderful place of being able to take what I believe into this fandom world that's predominantly a male world. Yeah. It's good fun. So comedian Noel James was before Chris Rogers there. His new book, that's Chris's, is called What If We Knew What God Knows About Us. We will have more on that and its potential-filling content on a future episode with that vicar slash stormtrooper. But here's another guest who's interested in where religion and entertainment mix, particularly humour, I would say. This is writer, speaker, webpreneur, 
Simon Jenkins. Simon's got a new book out too, Jumble Sales of the Apocalypse. But before that, Simon founded legendary website Ship of Fools. Simon Jenkins, hello. Hello. I'm here with Simon Jenkins. For those of you that aren't familiar with the oeuvre of Simon Jenkins, <laughs> could you fill us in on the last few decades? I didn't know I had an oeuvre. Yeah, well, exactly. It turns that's, out we all have an oeuvre. It's just what you do with us. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I uh, left Theological College with a degree and um, I decided that one of the things I really wanted to do was a magazine um, called Ship of Fools and I had a na- the name before the concept almost, you know, I loved the name and the idea being that it would be a kind of satire on the Christian church, you know, looking at the kind of, not just the funny things that happened but the terrible, mm. awful things that have happened in church history and still happen and sort of getting us all to be a bit self-critical about the Christian faith and that sounds very unhumorous but in fact it turned out to be a very funny kind of journey. Very popular, isn't it? And in, in fact, yeah. I, I was giving you full credit, I, I was reading Ship of Fools before I was ever thinking, I think, of doing comedy in any sort of professional capacity. So clearly, and, and let alone linking religion and comedy and trying to work out, even just trying to work out how you talk about religion and comedy in the same... Can you do it? Uh, room, yeah. I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know you're one of the you know one of the uh, the way pavers in terms of that. You know, yeah, well, thank it's, you. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? It's a tricky mix to get the two. It's quite it's difficult because it doesn't naturally go together. Mm. I mean, if you look at the Bible, you know, there are the Bible has got its funny moments, mm. but it doesn't have any funny moments at the expense of God, really. You know, there's yeah. not, not any, as far as I know, comedy which is directed towards God. Yeah. God laughs at the wicked, and he sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. you know when they say, "Oh, we got great plans," God just laughs yeah. at yes. their plans. Yeah. But it's kind of slightly unpleasant laughter it's not necessarily hilarious <laughs> yeah, God is funny funny but no one else is right. yes. kind of thing yes. so how it, how it works you know how you, how you do comedy without it being in mm. some sense disloyal or mm. even blasphemous or whatever is an interesting yeah, comedy Question, from within, yeah. I suppose. You know, because it's easy to be from outside of the institution and give it a good kicking. Yes. But from being with inside and That's talking right. about it as a, but I really think it's a man-made institution, human-made. Let's, uh, mm. you know, it's been gender blind to this mm-hmm. exactly. In fairness, it's been mostly men who've got it's it wrong over the years, men. and that's probably the problem. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, then, then uh, you know, we are laughing at our attempts, I suppose, to to get it right. But, yeah, uh, Malcolm Muggeridge, it's a lovely quote by Malcolm Muggeridge who said, you know, comedy is the difference between human aspiration and human performance. And I think church, you know, because we aim so high in church, you know, we're worshipping God or we're wanting to serve God or take the message out or whatever it is. You know, we've got these very high aspirations. But we are, you know, kind of very fallible human beings and we get it wrong and then hilarious Mm. unintentionally hilarious things start happening and the back pews start rocking with yes. laughter. So, I mean, that's the, in fact, I think that's the greatest moments of church yeah. when you get comedy, unintentional comedy creeping in. Simon Jenkins just there. I'm doing a comedy show with Simon and with James Carey, formerly of this podcast. That's on this Friday at the Museum of Comedy, if you're very quick, put on by SPCK, who uh, publish books by all three of us. So come along if you are very snappy. Time for some previous guests, backed by popular demand. Last episode, you'll have heard Gav Tite, a beatboxer who was there at the start, and his new website, Buzzkit, is for any, from amateur to pro, helping you to beat that box. A lot of people have a little party piece, a sound they can do that they don't tell everybody about. In the UK scene, there's a lot of things they call jams. We call them jams, like a musical jam. And what happens is somebody will put out on the internet, oh, we're all meeting up in Birmingham city centre, and all these beatboxers will gather, and then they all just get in a circle, and they just start beatboxing, and they do uh, cy- ciphers, where you kind of go from one person to the next, or they do patterns where two people beatbox, and then the next two people beatbox, and you kind of overlap, so there's a continuous piece of music. And it's just wonderful it's a wonderful thing it's engaging it, it crosses cultures uh, 
it's not just a young people thing. There's there's older people. There's kids. It's just I, I think it's one of the most wonderful scenes. And what's been absolutely fantastic was to be there right in the beginning and shape the scene because we of we course. got in there right at the beginning and said, well, what do we want the scene of beatboxing to be be about? And it's all and it's all about encouragement. You know, somebody gets on stage, they're not that great. You don't go, no, oh, you're not that great. It's like, oh, well done, mate, for getting up. Well, oh, I love that sound you made. How did you do that? You know, and it's about nice. learning off each other. And, and I love that. That's and there's a real culture around the whole beatboxing scene. So, so that community sort of spirit differs then from that idea of because you, you've got the rap battle kind of thing, but obviously that's that's kind of that's fun and that's it's a you know a, a battle for 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 fun's sake, you know. But actually, it's nice to know there's this genuine community behind it as well yeah there's a real genuine community and it's a and it's a worldwide community we're meeting all up in berlin it's the it's the world beatboxing championship okay. there's team battles and group battles and from and you've got the the different kind of the the winning beatboxers or the top beatboxers from each country all enter and we all know each other and it's just yeah. a wonderful wonderful event and it, we all look forward to these kind of like annual gatherings where we can all get together and chat and and it's a it's a lovely culture. So, do you have people then who who where you don't share a common language, so you can't really communicate, but actually you can beatbox together or you can uh, do that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And and what's really nice about it too is that you it's less so now. It's become much more of a a solid art form where there's recognised sounds and ways of doing things. But back when we started, um, I helped organise the world first world beatboxing convention, not that long ago, only two thousand and three, and we. We booked a venue in London and we just put the word out on the internet and said, anybody want to come? And people came from all over the world. These beatboxers just turned up. And what was amazing, because they'd been all in isolation, they'd all had different ways of making sounds. They had different ways. And we were all learning off each other. And I remember Alien D, uh, a beatboxer from Spain, and he he did this kind of uh, (laughs) snare drum. I was like, how do you do that? I've never heard. What are you doing? What are you doing? And and it turned out to be uh, kind of... uh, and what's called an injective using your throat, which is this kind of <coughs> sound, which is not breathing uh, in, okay. and at the same time sucking air through his teeth to make that <coughs> that that snare drum. And I was like, that's amazing! And it was just this lovely melee of learning and uh, and creativity. I've been saving it back, but on a future episode, we will have Gav Tite teaching me how to beatbox. Yeah, we'll hold that in reserve just for now, I think. We have an occasional bring a bottle segment on this podcast where you bring something to the party, to the podcast party. This month, all we ask, your bring a bottle segment, head to a website of one of our guests. It's a simple ask. Costs you nothing but a minute of your time. There's chrisrogers.co.uk for what he's up to more in his book. Uh, Shipperfools.com. That's Simon Jenkins' magazine of Christian unrest, as he calls it. Noeljames.co.uk for more of the Welsh wonder. Hey, paulcarenza.com, why not, for what I'm up to. My Yule blog, you can see from last year. Gig dates, indeed. Or comediansandcarols.com for more of that. Buzzkit.com, that's bzzkt.com, is Gav Tights, where you can give beatboxing a go yourself. I just have its fun and easy for children, for adults, for anyone who wants to learn more about how those sounds all fit together. Or the website of our next guest, paulbellmusic.com. He's a songsmith known for his biscuit song, not biscuit, but biscuit. We will hear from Paul in a mo, alongside comic Nathan Ramsden-Lock. Paul's new album, First Light, has no song about biscuits, but it does have songs like this, even when you're gone. We don't get to know the differences we make Just the rules of the game Some things are kept hidden for all I say 
Some things we should share before it gets too late. Even when you're gone, your love lives on. Even when you're gone, your love lives on. So people can buy your album, Paul Bell. Yeah, PaulBellMusic.com. Uh, PaulBellMusic.com. Yeah. Are there other Paul Bells that? Um, there's like PaulBellPlumber.com and Paul Bell. Um, I think there are. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. We, don't, we haven't had a Paul Bell convention, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, there is. Um, there's at least one other Paul Bell. In fact, there's right. one other Paul Bell musician. I know. So um, when you look in, if you search for me in Spotify or whatever, there's there's my albums are there, and then there's some mm. albums by a different Paul Bell that wow. I think are quite different. I'd imagine so. I've not listened. I've not listened. <laughs> to okay. I don't think he's got a biscuit song, certainly. Well, there you are. There you are. Nathan Ramsden Lock. A lot of people um, comment on the fact that my uh, comedy's uh, family friendly and completely clean. Mm. I do have one crude joke. Do you want to hear it? Okay, go on. Yeah, for us. Yeah. Oil. Oh, man. <laughs> that was very slick. Do you know what? Oh, slick. There you go. Look at this. So that's a like, nice one word, one syllable punchline. Yeah. And earlier, on an earlier episode of this podcast, when we had Tim Vine, I said to Tim, What's your shortest joke? And he said he had a one word joke, uh, which is he walks in with a pair of shears and just goes, Cheers. That's it. Um, but then, it, as he himself spotted, so actually, that's one word and a, and a picture, really, isn't yeah. it? And a picture paints a thousand words. So that joke's a thousand and one words long. So actually, it's probably his longest joke. So uh, <laughs> brevity is the form of wit, and so therefore, we should probably stop talking, shouldn't we? Paul and Nathan, thank you. Thank you. For Godspeed. Having us. Wish you well out there performing on the uh, the pun and biscuit music uh, <laughs> circuits respectively oh goodbyes already well, i suppose we're nearing the end of october's podcast then we'll have another proper one in november and then in december when this drip drip of rain you can hear becomes ice we'll have my christmas special which inevitably does the opposite of normal christmas specials which cram in extra guests uh, i cram in fewer because we already have seven at the time you can't have more than seven so i think we'll just geek out about christmas past or for a flavor of that you can get my festive history book hark the biography of christmas or come and see my christmas talk in guildford woking or hinkley all on paulcrenz.com or indeed my new christmas play three wise men hits guildford friday 7th of december that's the only performance lined up for this so do make the effort make the journey hey make christmas oh that's the sort of cheesy line you will not find in three wise men which is far more curated uh, guildford december 7th that's a friday night followed immediately by my one man comedy and carols show but i digress um, a lot always uh, you know that by now next episode will feature more from comedian tony vino oh and here he is now. Where's your next gig? What's, uh, where's, is it Australia, Fiji, um, Tahiti? Yeah, um, well, next month I'm going to uh, Rhodes. Uh, Rhodes uh, what, nice. A thing called Sensatory. Uh, so that's in about a couple of weeks. Um, so Rhodes, the, the, the we're Rhodes, going, we don't need roads. We don't, all roads, there's no roads no to road, get to yes. Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, so I, nice. I've not been there since I was uh, um, 18. I went with my uh, uncle. My, I'm half Scottish, so my uncle Rab. Right, you know, he. Uh, we, I went with him, and um, we didn't get on. Oh, we didn't get on. I remember it was my. How old was it? it was. I know it was my twentieth birthday, and um, we had an argument. Yeah. And he didn't know it was my birthday, and uh, uh. and uh, it was the end of the night, and uh, I remember just saying it was like really yeah. passive aggressive, and he he complained about me something, and then I just went, oh by the way, it was my birthday today. Oh man. And I just went to bed. Oh. I thought. That was at the time. That seemed like yeah. we both felt depressed, and that for me was a moral victory. But that was Rhodes. That was Rhodes. So that was twenty. I just turned forty last month. Well, do, you, do you know what? Do you know what? I I went to Rhodes as a student, pretty similar sort of time, 
and I had the worst holiday because I went with it was three couples right? <laughs> and I was me, me and my girlfriend were one of those couples yeah. and my girlfriend dumped me on day two of, of this week long holiday and we thought yeah. to make it less awkward for others we'd just pretend we're still together <laughs> for the rest of the week but we'd you know be out and sort of jolly together but not very coupley is... and then we'd go back in the room and just sulk and argue and oh you know goodness. get through the week and we told them on the flight home and they were, they were like, what? What? So you spent the whole week just, going, yeah, just You're really just annoyed. Annoyed, just, pretending. Just really not enjoying this holiday in any way at all. So maybe Rhodes has a special place yeah. in our hearts from 20 years ago from failed This holidays. is, yeah. If it, so basically, if you want to dump someone, I mean, Rhodes, Rhodes yeah. is, 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 is our destination, but... I mean, she could have left it to day four. Yeah, like she you know, was, she was keen to get clearly. it, get it over with. Nip it in the bud early on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was there something you did on the plane on the way over there? I think did it you clearly um, been brewing a you... while, but I, unfortunately, we booked the tickets by that point. I think she probably wanted to bail. Oh, we've oh, it's not refundable. We better have a holiday. And... This is the time before you could uh, just text someone or you know, yeah, like Facebook. Exactly, There's yeah. no WhatsApp, you know, back in those days. You exactly. actually sit on a plane and um, yeah. uh, uh, make the trip. Bless her. I know, but you live in them. Well, we hope we hope that your trip to Rhodes is less eventful I won't take my wife now (laughs) (laughs) just in case it's a bit cursed so Tony makes our seventh guest that's what we promise you seven guests and that's seven so it's time to go which means farewell to our headliner this month comedian and BGT semi-finalist Noel James Godspeed to your career you know this is it come on back to it again now now everyone knows Noel James yeah you know yeah, this well, because you're going to keep. You know, you've got Steve Best car to use, so you've got to keep on. Uh, I've got to use the car. You've got to get out there. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know how to keep the momentum going, Paul. But you know, as long as I keep busy and keep doing yeah. gigs, uh, obviously, if I I need to perhaps sit down and try and write something as well, you know. But thank you for joining the podcast. No problem. This has been the Heptagon Club podcast. With so I feel you, like two peas in a podcast. Yeah, it, it, come on, <laughs> man. Have it. it, have it. There you go. That's the sort of gold you get with Noel Jones. Yeah, there that is go. tarnished. There you go. Britain has indeed got talent Woo! beyond the final. Absolutely. Yeah. Good I man. also did Britain's Got Talents with uh, where I had a bird of prey on my shoulder. But the calls are out for that one. Yeah. And farewell to Stormtrooper Vicar, Spring Harvest Speaker, Beard Wearer, and author Chris Rogers. What if we knew what God knows about us? That's his book. More on that next episode. So the book, the book's out now? Out now, it's yeah. Out now. Brilliant. And if there's hope for a, a Stormtrooper, there's hope for all of us, I imagine. Yeah. You know, so. And if anybody wants a stormtrooper to speak on what if God knows about us, do you know what? That niche market, I've got it covered. I know a guy. <laughs> I know the guy. Probably, presumably yeah. the only guy, yeah. I would imagine. I love the fact that the funeral, you, see, you, could, you could have taken off the helmet and then delivered the rest of the funeral. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let me tell you this funny story. Yeah. So uh, last year, I get invited to go to a wedding to be a bridesmaid for a wedding okay. they come to the 501st and say would anybody like to be bridesmaids at our wedding stormtrooper bridesmaids uh, only one sign up and they come to me and say Chris you're a Christian you get these things do you want to go so I go to this wedding and I walk in and I walk to the front and the church leader of this church just turns out to be a member of uh, a group that come to Spring Harvest and he says um, oh Chris are you here to speak no 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 are you praying? What, are you doing something in the wedding? And I said, oh, well, actually, I'm the bridesmaid. I'm the stormtrooper walking them down the aisle. And he said, I cannot believe that Chris, who speaks at Spring Harvest, is going to be at this wedding and nobody will have a clue. And I got to walk this girl down the aisle uh, and then walk out again. And then during the reception walk around, we arrested a few people. Nice. Uh, bad behaviour. Darth Vader doesn't accept that stuff. Yes. And I love it because nobody knew 
who I was and what mm. I was doing I was just a stormtrooper that's great and I love it because they don't know who's under the mask of course it, it, this makes it so fun and in theory you could at the end take the mask off yeah I was just imagining that um, what was that show years ago was it am I thinking of Beatles About is that what I'm thinking of where Jerry Beadle would be in disguise and then take off the thing. Or was it Noel's head? Either way, it's the beard that's throwing me. Clearly, I'm thinking of bearded people in the past who've done hidden camera on, things on telly. Impossible Mission, where they peel off faces? It might be. Are there something like... I th- I'm sure Noel Edmonds with the gotchas on Noel's house party used to... You know, the, 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 the stormtrooper helmet would have come off and revealed, oh, it's me, grabs the microphone, oh, it's me, we caught you out, sort of thing. I'm sure oh, Beadle used was, to do the it? same as well with Beadle's About. But either way, it always used to be people with beards trying to be in disguise, which you, you can't disguise a beard too well. Maybe a beard a is disguise. Maybe it is. There's the next book. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chris Rogers, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank God you speed for coming. to you and uh, all your stormtrooping and book writing ways. Yeah, well, if you need a stormtrooper, let me know. And thank you to all of our guests. That's it for October 2018. Go forth, meet other people, have a cracking month. I'm on Twitter, at Paul Carenza. We have a Heptagon Club Facebook page. You can find us there. Your reviews and ratings, five stars, always lovely. Ever so appreciated. It really helps us get boosted by Apple. So, so do help us out. Do rate us. Do write a little review if you can. Help us out even more by chucking us some dosh at heptagonclub.co.uk uh, or buy a book from one of our guests, or indeed from me, my new one, is What Are They Doing Down There? out this very week all of our guests by the way ever way back to Miranda Hart and Milton Jones if they've got a book they go on our Amazon guests list that link is on the Facebook page Heptagon Club you will see an assembled cluster of books by by any podcast who has got a book out you can get them all there hey you as anybody said to you today we encourage books we encourage you to grab one or indeed an album from say Paul Bell our guest this month or Rob Halligan, whose music you now hear. Thank you, Rob, for the theme music. Thank you for listening, and now be gone with you. More in a month. Ta-ra for now.